Welcome to part two of The Murders in Holland. If you haven't listened to our episode last week, pause this and go listen to that and then resume this one. This is Crime Connections and we're your hosts. I'm Jackie. And I'm Sarah. And let's get into it. Before we dive into part two of the Holland murders, I would like to give a little recap on what we found out in the last episode. In 2011, two young adults, Johnny Clark and Lisa Straub, were found murdered in Lisa's parents' house in Holland, Ohio. Unfortunately, Johnny's father broke into the house to find them laying on the dining room floor, bound at the hands with plastic bags around their heads. The crime scene at first looked like a burglary gone bad. With only two hits of DNA in the CODIS system, the police started there. And we ended when Anthony Watson spoke to police about individuals that he thought was involved in their murders. And then shortly after that, he was gunned down and he was murdered himself. And this case is still unsolved. The DNA from the cigarette butt came back with two names that were already in the CODIS system, Sam Williams and Cameo Petaway. The cigarette butt was found in the garage near the interior garage door at the Straub house. Eight months later, on Thursday, September 22nd of 2011, Sam Williams went outside to get in the car to go to the store when, quote, all these marked cars came rolling up. The U.S. Marshals and the detectives had pulled their guns on me and laid me down on the ground to arrest me, end quote, Williams said. At the time, Sam Williams had a warrant for one of his domestic violence cases that he was on probation for, and he was confused to why they would do all of this for just that. Once at the station, he began thinking it had something to do with an allegation of promoting prostitution case that he was involved in with his girlfriend. Whoa, okay, so this How man... How does that make sense? I'm so kidding. this man has a domestic violence case involving this said girlfriend, and then he also has an issue uh, along with that for Mm -hmm. promoting prostitution yeah so is he prostituting out his girlfriend yes he he was accused of it yeah okay 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 i'm not sure if it went to trial or not because of what's what's going on but yes um after 11 minutes of detectives interviewing sam williams they dropped pictures of johnny clark and lisa straub on the table At the time, Sam did not know that the detectives had already received a DNA hit on the cigarette butt that was found inside the shop house. During the long hour interview, Sam Williams told the detectives six times that he didn't want to talk. But at one point, Detective Kozak yelled at him, tell me why your DNA is at my crime scene. Williams refused to talk and asked for his attorney. Almost immediately after getting out of this interview with detectives, William was put into jail and he began making calls from the county jail. Some of those calls were used in court to convict him. Um, The first call was made to his nephew, Chris. At one point, Williams tells him, I effed up. I'm going to be in here for a long time. In Sam's prison interview with WTOL 11, he says he was angry that he had significant amount of drugs in his home and that he was worried it would be stolen before it could be sold to be used to hire an attorney for him. What? <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is crazy. Okay, okay. And yeah, and then during the conversation with his nephew, Sam explains how he should climb a pole, get on the back of his roof, and push in the air conditioner to get in the house to get the drugs. So he's wanting Chris to do this. His His nephew. His nephew, yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. In a later call with a friend by the name of Looney. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
Looney. Of Looney, Williams tells him, I just told my little nephew where everything is at. Help him get rid of it, dude. I need the money. I need a lawyer. The most incriminating call was made on April 12th of 2012 to Stephen Petaway, the brother of Cameo. Sam tells him, that was supposed to be me and you, but you know little bro had to step in and take your spot, man. Stephen responds, you know he didn't do it right like I would have did it right. Williams says, no, but he did it good enough to make something happen. Williams says that Stephen was instrumental in setting up the prostitution business and that he was talking about a prostitution trip he took Cameo on to Pittsburgh because Stephen was in jail. Okay, so before we go into anything else, how is that tying in? Is he... Is... Okay... In that first 11 minutes when cops didn't tell him why he was there, Mm -hmm. is he talking about all of this stuff where he's like, I'm screwed because I slipped up and said stuff? So this is all mentioned because these these are all phone calls. Like what I'm mentioning now are all phone calls he had while in jail. Mm -hmm. And this is evidence they used against his character. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so they're using it against him to make him look like a bad guy. Okay. And then William says, when I say he wasn't doing it right by good enough, in my eyes, he wasn't doing prostitution the way Stephen had in the past. Williams tells WTO 11. But he was making money, and when he was making it, he was spending it on the wrong things. Uh, The prosecutors played bits and pieces of the conversation and then by telling the jury what they heard and what the conversations meant, even without, like, the prosecutors were pretty much interpreting these phone calls on what they thought they meant and then saying it was fact to the jury. Okay, so are they using these phone calls to convict him of the the prostitution issues No, this was for the Straub case, the uh, Clark and Straub case. So this is just... Just character. Assassinating his yes. character because they're like, hey, we got your DNA there. Mm-hmm. We also have you doing all of these other shady things. Yes. And so he was prost- prostituting out his nephew? No, no, no. Prostituting out his girlfriend. And then they, like, from what I could gather is, like, he was having a, he had a prostitution ring uh-huh. that he had, like, created, I guess. And created. Yeah. And there was someone that wasn't prostituting, right? He's talking about in these phone calls? What? He said that he, he didn't prostitute, right? Yeah, like he, could the people taking over the the ring while he's away is away. not doing it right? Correct. Oh my god. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. I don't understand why you would, if you're in jail for possibly two All of murders, the phone calls are recorded. Well, why are you worried about that? Worry about being in possibly jail prosecuted convicted. for two murders. Yeah. Homicides. Like, come on. Oh, man. Crazy. Man. Yeah. Um, so while Sam Williams is in jail, Eric Yingling was in the county jail in December 2011 for failing to pay child support. He told the jury that he befriended Sam Williams and that during a late night conversation, Sam Williams said he was tormented by the sound of crinkling bags as Lisa Straub tried to breathe. He named Sam Williams and Cameo Petaway. Uh, Eric Yingling testified that Williams told him that the couple was bagged in an attempt to get them to tell them where the money was. While doing this, Lisa died, and then Johnny was killed. There were several problems with Yingling's testimony. Um, All the details that he had told were already public when he talked to the police. Eric admitted that he was looking for a deal, and his wife looked up many of the details to the case. 
It later came out that Eric was paid thousands of dollars after he testified against Sam Williams, but it was not released who paid him. Hmm. So that's very suspicious. Uh, Eric was not being taken seriously until he mentioned that Sam Williams told him about finding the Iraqi money in the home. Everyone got quiet at that point. The air in the room changed, he said. The detectives told him that no one knew about the currency The currency found in the master bedroom except for the killers, the Straubs, and the police. But that was false. The currency was listed on the search warrant, which was released to the media within weeks of the murders. It was discussed on media outlets multiple times. So that honestly just makes what Eric said and the detectives' claims false. And then during Williams' trial, the prosecutors emphasized that no one knew about the currency. And William denies even talking in-depth conversation with Eric, period. So, I mean, like, you have a lot of shadiness going on. Yeah, it's a lot of hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. It's also crazy to think that knowing your witness admits, I'm just looking for a deal, and a lot of this information my wife looked up, but yet you still took his word. I mean, I think they were just, the community wanted a conviction, so they wanted someone. And the to fact that fall. his his DNA was there, one, it incriminates him by a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you already know he has a shady rap sheet. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying he wasn't a part of it. I'm just saying some of the things that they're using to include him into this may not have been fully thought out. Yeah. Sam Williams even was quoted saying, had I been a jury member and had I not known the truth, I too probably would have believed Eric. He said that that's how convincing he came across. He is a master manipulator. When Williams was arrested on September 22nd, he couldn't even tell police where he was on January 30th. Williams said that he was able to look at his phone records and social media to determine that he was at the Bottom Line Bar on Navarre Avenue on the east side of Toledo. He was quoted saying, I know I was at the Bottom Line Bar watching the Pro Bowl with a few other people. One of the people was Destiny Madrid, uh, the girl who got arrested in his case, I think the prostitution case, Mm -hmm. Uh, my cousin Larry Gilhouse was there as well, and Eddie Flores. Larry, who says that Sam and his son were at a birthday party for his daughter earlier that day, Larry confirmed that to detectives when he was interviewed on October 28th of 2011, that Sam was the only one who had stayed and helped clean up after the birthday party. Uh, Sam Williams says that when he got off work, he headed to his cousin's house to finish watching the Pro Bowl. Then they went to the bar. He remembers the date because his cousin turned 21 at midnight and the doorman agreed to let him in a little early. A records search confirmed that the cousin did turn 21 on January 31st. And the Pro Bowl also took place at 7 p.m. on January 30th and ended about 10.45 p.m. Okay. So, police believe that Clark and Straub were attacked around 10.41 p.m. So, if Williams was really out until he watched the whole thing... And he does have witnesses confirming. Then how was he at the house? I mean, he he could have been there earlier. I mean, if he has a drug issue going on, which he's already admitted to it, and we are known that um, Johnny and Lisa had drugs in the house, Mm -hmm. they could have been doing some sort of deal back and forth... But who's to say that he doesn't know, like, Sam doesn't know who is involved. Yeah. And, you know, if he had went to the house, that's fine, but they were killed after 
1041 and he was not there not close to it and he couldn't have gotten there after the fact because then you have tiffany and the family members showing up saying we think something's going mm-hmm. on at that point the house was yes. swarmed yeah and sam had made a call actually to a friend at 10 27 p.m and his phone pinged off a tower near the bottom line bar okay so proving that he was there it was that call at that time where Williams had said he was calling Destiny Madrid to see when she would get to the bar okay. that his phone pinged off. October 11, 2011 interview with detectives, Madrid repeatedly tells the police that she was with Sam that night and that they later went to the Bedford Inn, which I don't know if you know the Bedford Inn, but it is dirty. I don't. <laughs> it is gross. Um, those are on the like outskirts they're technically in michigan and so it's like a roach motel yeah it rent by the hour type of thing yeah it's not not a clean place to go at one point retired toledo detective tom ross who was working for the prosecutor's office shushes her at one point in the interview kozak tells her that she is not on the bar's video she appears stunned and says we have to be, we were right by the front door. And then in Tom Ross's interview with Gill House, Kozak acknowledges that he had no video from the bar. He was told by the bar owner that there was none from that night. So he lied to Destiny saying that he was, they weren't on the video when in reality they had no video. Well, and that's not abnormal because officers, when they're interviewing people, they want to trip you up to mm-hmm. see if your story stays straight. Yes. And it's not illegal to do. No. They, they come in and say, oh, well, we have evidence against you saying this. And then that's usually when people are like, all right, like, let me confess. Mm-hmm. And there is no law against them saying that. So I, I do believe that they were doing the right thing by trying to trip her up because if they truly... Who's to say if $100,000 isn't on the line that you can't get three people to say the same story? The same story. And then how many times do we know that people will leave their phone somewhere else and have Mm -hmm. it ping off? Like if you know people are caught from phones pinging on different cell towers, that would be super easy for her to have that phone at that bar and be like, oh, let me call my own phone Mm -hmm. that's in the same area. Yes. I'm not saying that he did do it, but his DNA is at the thing. And then you have... $100,000 $100,000 potentially on the line. Yes. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not convinced either way at this point. Yeah, you don't want to you want to play devil's advocate because you we don't know. You just don't know. Gil House tells Kozak that he didn't remember hanging out that night after the birthday party, but he says he does remember hanging out at a different time for someone's 21st birthday. Um, but that was likely Sam's cousin's birthday on the 31st. Uh, He just probably couldn't remember because you're thinking this is six months later. Do you remember what you had for breakfast the day before? No. More than likely, no. Williams says that the group stayed at the bottom line bar until after 1 a.m. And then they went to a different bar for last call. He said that he and Gilhouse were briefly separated, but he said he called him to figure out where they could go for an early morning meal. Phone records show that he did call Gill House at 2.51 a.m., 3.01 a.m., and 3.04 a.m. for a total of nearly five minutes. So, I would assume that means he one of those phone calls he had to have answered. Yeah, if it lasted five minutes. Yeah. Sam also placed six calls to Cameo Petaway between 2.38 a.m. and 3.27 a.m. Prosecutors claim that this was more evidence that the men were involved in the crime 
and Sam was calling to solidify their story. These calls, though, went unanswered, so neither of the phone calls Padaway answered. Williams explains that he was cheating on his current girlfriend with Destiny Madrid and trusted Petaway to be discreet. I was looking for a place to have relationships with this woman. I was looking for a place other than a hotel to go to, Williams said. I knew that he would not tell anyone. Uh, Police did receive a court order to obtain his text messages, but there was no explanation to why they did not use them in the trial. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on, it's insane. So, really quick, I want to just go over some background of Sam Williams Mm -hmm. um, and what things that they had used against him. Okay. In 2006, he was found guilty of threatening to kill the the victim. And I'm thinking... When I read this, I didn't know if it meant, like, the victim as in... uh, Lisa and Johnny? Lisa and Johnny, or it just says the victim. Or the domestic violence case. It it didn't specify. Okay, okay. So I thought that was kind of weird. And then in 2007, he was involved in a fight and was charged with... Felonious assault. Felonious assault after punching a man. In 2010, he was found guilty of pushing his ex-wife to the ground and biting her wrist... And then in 2011, before his arrest for murder, he was found guilty of going to his ex-wife's house, kicking in the door, and threatening to send the woman in, in his car to beat up. So, like, he uh, was Sending the woman that was in her, his in, car? In his car, yes. To beat her up? Yep. Oh, what a yes. wonderful man. Sam Williams did admit to being a drug dealer and a pimp, but he says he is not a killer. When Sam Williams' case went to trial in July 2012, the statements to detectives were suppressed because of a violation of Sam's Miranda rights. He had obviously said no multiple times, but they kept... a lawyer, and they kept pressing it, yeah. Yep. Uh, So Williams stated that he had never been in the Straub house, which made it very hard to defend him, even with all the evidence of him supposedly not being at the house. Well, I mean, yeah, because... They still have his DNA at the end of the day at that house. And why was he there? If the family of the girl doesn't know him, doesn't yeah. know that he exists, I mean, they could have had a party Yeah, the week and before they, they had a party. They did have a party. But so, if there was a cigarette but I think you would notice it, especially if no one smoked. Supposedly. And the house was as clean as the officer said it was. Yes. Sam Williams was convicted of aggravated murder, burglary, and kidnapping. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. And the attorney, Johnny Thebes, was quoted saying, Sam got a fair trial. One thing that could not be explained adequately is how do you explain your DNA on a cigarette butt that got inside a garage in a home that you supposedly had never been to? That was an impossibly large hurdle to overcome. So when it comes to Cameo Petaway, because his DNA was also on the cigarette butt, uh, he was tried in a separate courtroom from Williams. But, however, this case was dismissed by Judge James Bates, saying that the prosecutors only presented the cigarette as evidence against Petaway. He stated that the cigarette could have been dropped by anyone. The state did not have incriminating jailhouse calls or testimonies from a quote-unquote snitch. Okay, but the snitch that snitched on Sam Williams was discredited. And then if they're going to say Cameo Petaway's case is dismissed because of that same cigarette butt, then how did they do that to Sam Williams? Yes, and that's kind of the bomb of this whole entire thing because I just gave you a ton of stuff they used against Sam. And they have 
the same one item that incriminated the hell out of Sam mm -hmm. is dismissed in Cameo's case. Yes, and because they're saying it could be dropped, which is true. If one of his friends wanted to pin Sam for this murder, okay, so people just dropped them on the ground. Exactly. Anyone could have picked it up and put it there. And or while he was at a bar. Mm -hmm. He could have went out and smoked with someone. Some people share cigarettes. I think that's gross, but some people do it. Well, that's probably how Petaway Both and their, Williams yeah, are and on it. Someone easily could have dropped it there. So that's the biggest thing with that Sam is saying. He's like, he's admitting, yes, pretty much he's a bad guy. He's a pimp and he's a drug dealer. And a woman beater. Yes, but okay. he, he says those things, but I'm not a killer is what he admits. And so I think it is absolutely crazy that Petaway was dismissed, and yet Sam Williams is sitting in jail to this day. Well, I think Sam Williams has a bigger rap sheet, and his character is less than favorable. So it is easy to put someone like that behind bars. If yeah. Cameo doesn't have a rap sheet like that, it's a lot harder to say, hey, we're going to convict you of something, and then not have any follow-up information to go along with this. Because, like you said, I mean, it could have been one of those things where, like, people, like, take a hit or a drag of a cigarette, and then they put the cigarette out, put it back in their thing. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, if you don't have the money for more cigarettes, and you're like, I just need a quick drag yeah. of it. They put it back in, and then they smoke it later. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that Cameo didn't do it? Did they ever check his phone records? Because maybe Sam was like, let me hit that cigarette. And then Cameo might have been the one that did it. I'm not, exactly. saying, I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying that that is a possible solution too. Mm -hmm. Or a possible avenue that they could have looked into as well. And maybe they did. To be honest, because it was dismissed, there's not much information on it publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was pretty mind blown by that. The fact that Sam Williams had so many eyewitnesses, people that weren't even friends with him that said they saw him at the bar. And yet because of the cigarette butt that someone else was dismissed for, he got Charged. convicted. Like, Well, and they, they said that there's multiple DNA. So there's other DNA that was found there that was not in CODIS. Mm -hmm. And they don't know who it was because yeah. they have hinted that, hey, there's multiple people and this seems like a very professional job. Mm-hmm. So I mean, heck, they looked into the cartel. That's I feel like as professional whole, as you can get. I know that's a whole <laughs> big group. Yeah, they have hitmen that they literally hire to take care of problems. Yeah. So I don't know. It's pretty crazy in my opinion. But this case still remains open because of these several sets of DNA that was found on the duct tape and inside of Johnny's sweatpants and then also on the cell phone pad and battery. There were at least four sets of unknown female DNA and at least one unknown male. Detectives interviewed dozens of people during the investigation. There was no shortage of associates who had drug and violence convictions that raised red flags. But court testimony shows that DNA from nearly 40 people was compared to the DNA in the house and none of them were a hit. Other than the DNA of Williams and Petaway, their DNA was the only, only confirmed. Confirmed DNA. Yeah. So there are likely multiple killers still walking around free. So then, four years later, in 2015, yet another incident came up in the news regarding this case. Oh boy. According to court documents, police allege a lieutenant who is not identified participated in the planning of a felonious assault in which Tiffany Williams was shot at on December 26 of 2015. Now, to remember, Tiffany Williams was the original girl who came on scene who was supposed to be picked up by Johnny Clark. Tiffany Williams testified at the murder trials of Sam Williams, 
which they have no relation to each other at all. They just have the same last name. And she also testified in the Cameo Petaway case. Johnny Clark's parents, John Clark and Matei Vasquez Clark, were arrested after Tiffany Williams was shot at twice. According to court documents, in December, both John and Matei followed Williams, a known friend of their murdered son, through an alley before stopping their vehicle. John Clark is accused of firing two shots at Tiffany, just missing her head before fleeing the scene. Police allege that the lieutenant, who is known to be a personal friend of the parents, did direct another to remove and delete evidence related to the crime and his involvement in the same. It later came out that it was Lieutenant Frank Ramirez. He was charged with obstructing justice, felonious assault, and tampering with evidence. According to the Lucas County Jail, Ramirez posted bond on that Thursday. For the Straub family, this just reopens a painful chapter that had been closed. Okay, so to kind of go back, didn't Johnny's mom initially think that Tiffany had something to do with it? Yes, they still believed it. Uh, She testified at both of the murder trials and she was never considered a a A suspect. suspect. And the main reason the mom was so suspicious of Tiffany was because she waited that two hours uh, before even calling her or 911. And she's like, why, you know, she just kept thinking, you knew something because you waited so long, you let them get away, and, you know, that was kind of her thought process. And Johnny's parents were the ones that had the potentially open warrants, correct? Yes. Okay. I don't know about his mom, but specifically his dad and the cousin that was with him. Okay, okay, okay. So why would she bring them to the crime scene if she was involved? Or even notify them at all if she was involved? Obviously, police looked into her because she was the first one on the scene. And the last person to talk to him before he was murdered. But clearly they didn't find anything because she would have been arrested, but she wasn't. And I'm wondering, okay, but if the lieutenant was involved in it somehow... Maybe he knew something and, like, led on to the family about it. And then more than that, maybe Tiffany was doing something weird that, like, sent red flags to Johnny's mom. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She has to... She must genuinely believe if she's trying to commit murder. Yes. And then I just want to know why the lieutenant was potentially wrapped all up in this. Lieutenant Ramirez had been on the force for 31 years. The Lucas County jury finds former Toledo Police Lieutenant Frank Ramirez guilty of obstructing justice, tampering with evidence, and discharging firearm. He was sentenced to four years in prison in 2016 and was released after serving two years due to health issues with his heart. Lisa Straub's uncle says they now have questions and are wondering if there was any tampering or possible cover-up in the original murder investigation. Toledo Police Chief George Krell said in a press conference Friday that he is disappointed but wanted to make it clear that this is an isolated event. This isn't a bad barrel syndrome, this is a bad apple, Krell said. The chief says Ramirez is not receiving special treatment in this investigation. Just because this man is a Toledo police officer, no corners have been cut. No special treatment is being given. He will be treated, charged, and prosecuted in court as anyone else would be, he said. If anything can come from this very unfortunate set of circumstances, maybe it will be that Toledoans will believe that the police can and will police themselves. Now, in conclusion to all of this, I know we gave you a ton of information, and some of it can be confusing, but 
it was actually recently announced that the case has been reopened as of June 2021. So just recently. Like literally eight days ago. (laughs) And it's being looked into again because clearly things were, I don't know, overlooked. Maybe new information has been brought to them. Yes. Well, I, I do know that Tiffany Williams did come forward again and so tell she more. She did know more. She did know more. And I think, well, and that's the thing. I, when I said before, I was like, maybe the mother had a feeling. She had to have sent some red flags. And if you have an officer that's been an officer for 31 years risking his job, there is something else. Yeah, and I know some of the things have already been made public from what she has told the police. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I had read that she had said was Johnny was a drug dealer. Now I'm not saying that as a fact. That's what this she's is what saying. she said. Uh, I just want to make that clear because I don't know. I didn't know him, obviously. But she said that he was a drug dealer and that he was dealing drugs. And he was always bragging that he had a lot of money and that he had a lot of this and that he lived in a really nice house and this and this and this. So all the things you don't want to say to someone because it puts you on a radar for people that want to take what you have. Exactly. Some rumors and theories that I had found on the internet, uh, we can go over this briefly. So some questions that I had while looking into this is why did Tiffany wait so long? Two hours? I understand if you have a warrant, but okay, so put an anonymous call in. Like, what what were you doing for two hours to wonder? So you Tiffany know what I mean. Does have a warrant out at this time? Or because from or the article it, it indicates said, that she potentially or allegedly had a warrant out. Yeah, it doesn't like I couldn't find facts on that, but it was saying like all three of the people in the car, which was Tiffany, Mate, um, no Tiffany, the dad John Clark, and the cousin, and the cousin. Oh, it said okay. all three of them had warrants out. Now, do I know? I don't know if that's true or not because this is just what I read. But even if you had a warrant out, you can anonymously call call and say, "Hey, there's something suspicious going on." Someone you could even lie if you were really that worried, which I would have been if I if I was talking to my friend and then he's like, "Who the hell are you?" and then I can't get a hold of him. I, I would lie and say, you know, I heard gunshots in this house. You should go check it out. You say something that would send off alarm bells so that they actually had to go in and like Into do the something. House. Yes. Um, well, and then she didn't even, when they did call originally, she didn't mention that first initial thing. And the other person made her say it on the phone. Johnny's yeah. mom, when mm-hmm. Johnny's mom ended up on the scene. Yeah. She's like, tell them what you heard. Yes. And not only that, but... She didn't call 911 once. So she's not very forthcoming with information, which probably is the whole reason Johnny's parents are like, mm, you're sus. Like, yeah. I'm coming after you. Mm-hmm. Or they heard through the rumor mill that she had something to do with it or she knew someone that did. Yes. And something also to mention is that Lisa's parents went through the whole house and didn't find anything missing. So nothing was even stolen. So Except the $40 were go- was gone. Oh, of course. You're going to kill someone over a measly $40. I don't think so. No. Well, uh, no, I don't know if that's true. Because people have killed other people for a lot less. But they would have went there thinking they're going to hit, like, a big cash, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Yes. Um, Uh, I also saw a lot of people mentioning that with the scales, the Ziploc baggies, and the weed particles. They're they're definitely thinking he was a drug dealer. Now this was all right before Tiffany came forward and did say that he is a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. And this was 
everyone saying that he was not. Well, so. they, well, in the beginning, they said that there was drugs in the house, and that's why they were worried about calling mm-hmm. the police originally. She wouldn't confirm, though, he was a drug dealer. She was more indicating that they had drugs in the house due to them going to have a party, mm. and not so much that he sells. Right. Something that people kept mentioning was that Johnny... So. A lot of these theories were all before this whole Tiffany came forward, Situation. saying that he was like com- more confirming that he was a drug dealer, mm-hmm. according to her word. And so, just think of that before I say the rest of this. A lot of people kept saying that Johnny Clark was in prison for robbery. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird because Lisa's ex-boyfriend was also in prison <laughs> for. I believe it was for robbery and was released before they were killed. He was put away for robbery and supposedly known to be extremely jealous. People kept mentioning this just because that was kind of, I mean, something to mention. He goes in jail and then he's like, "Mm, my... A lot of guys still consider their ex-girlfriends as theirs when they're broken up. He could have just been like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fix you. Yeah. And then it it went wrong. Maybe he just wanted to scare them. Who knows? I'm not saying that's what happened. Yeah. I feel like those are theories that need to be looked into if they haven't already. Exactly. Oh, and then I also did see on WebSleuth that someone had claimed that he was extended family and said Johnny was known to have a big mouth and flaunt that he was staying at such a nice place. I think he told one of his friends to come hit the house at 11 because they would be gone. He had to say, who are you? Otherwise, Lisa would know that he was in on it. As far as Tiffany goes, I just don't know. It doesn't seem right. They were not supposed to be there, and that's when things just went horribly wrong. I think it's Lisa's extended family. Someone posted this, and they were saying, like, this is what they think happened. That he was staging a robbery when they yes. went to go pick the other ones up. Mm-hmm. Tiffany must have known about it, potentially. Yes. It, it is why everyone's like thinking Tiffany had something to do with mm-hmm. it. And then Lisa, being like, this is her house, this is her family's home, she's like, wait, what's going on? Let me go call the police. And that's probably when the phones got thrown, things were separated from yep. each other. And then one thing led to another, and it just went too far. Yeah. So... A lot of her family members were thinking that, and I don't know, this whole case is just so crazy because even there was a detective quoted saying, you know, normally with cases like this, there is evidence everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's sloppy if it's not planned. Yes, and because there is not that much evidence of the killers, he's thinking, he was like mentioning how that's weird. That it was probably someone that's done this before or it's more professional. Yeah. Well, and what I was thinking too is like if Johnny set it up with someone in his extended family and if he has very like risky rap sheet and family members that don't really care about other human beings, Mm -hmm. they might have been like, well, Johnny's girlfriend's trying to call the police. She's trying to barricade herself. She's gone. Oh, well, we don't need this witness because Johnny has loose lips anyways. He's the one that told us about this. Let's go kill Johnny too. Yeah. You just don't know. No, and it, I, I just think it's so crazy because it wasn't that... In reality, it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like this is from the 80s and DNA wasn't even a thing. No. You know, it's like this was literally 2011. It's not that far... It's not that long ago, you know? So I just think that's 
crazy and that's still there's so many people the DNA's never even been matched confirmed. To. I mean you're not gonna get matched to something if you're not in the system. It's when you end up doing a crime and then all of a sudden they put your stuff in the system and then boom. You're yeah. matched to a two thousand eleven murder case. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering with them reopening it, will they have any more DNA? Matched up with someone. I'm guessing because they have reopened it, there's something that has happened yeah. that they know about. Or they're just, they, it's very still on the, it's very raw for the community that mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you haven't f- fully figured this out yet. Like, yeah. let's get something on, well, yeah, on with, the ball. With the amount of people they said they had DNA to, those many people don't, I don't know, that it's a, it's a lot of unknown of what happened and they have all this DNA to four other women, one other man. That's five more people. I know, but my thing is, is like, where is this DNA coming from? Because if they're known to have parties there, you know? Yeah. You don't know. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that they're involved, the other people, the other DNA that they have. I'm just saying they might know something and they're not coming forward. Right. Because, like you said, they had a party just last week. I'm sure they didn't clean the house and everything in it, top to bottom. Right. Like, do you walk around and clean every inch of your home after a party? No. You clean what's visible, and if anybody spilled anything, sticky. You just yeah. make it look like nothing happened. Because I don't, I, pro- I don't know if Lisa's parents were allowing those things to yeah. go in their home. Probably not if they allegedly had a hundred thousand dollars in the house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then you have Mr. Loose Lips saying to people that, oh rich family they got all this money in a safe Mm -hmm. i mean at the end of the day we don't know if he really did say that but if two or three people were quoted saying that he was like that then it makes wanting it makes me feel that he actually was right uh i also saw that someone had said this case reminds me of a movie called one false move And so, basically, a woman sets her friends up with the intention of stealing money and cocaine. The deaths in the movie mimic the deaths of Lisa and Johnny. I often refer to this movie as one of the most disturbing scenes, not because of the blood and guts, but because of the brutality and and the amount of, like, the mentality that you have to have to suffocate someone. Yeah, because it doesn't happen quickly. No, and... And you watch them breathe the bag in. Like, it's very traumatic. Yeah, and so I thought that was really interesting because it mimics the death. So I'm wondering, like, did someone watch the movie and then try it? I I don't know. That that has nothing to do with the case. It's very, like, who cares? But I just thought it was interesting to mention because for that to mimic the practical whole scene of the murder, I don't know, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Someone had asked the coroner, you know, the bodies, when they were found, were both cold. And so, how long do you think it had been that they had been dead? And the coroner was quoted saying, Well, usually you can feel a body being cold. It can take about an hour to an hour and a half because, you know, initially the body will retain the heat. And then the rest of the time determination would have to be whether they were in rigor mortis, which they both were. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's really all he said. So right there it could be an hour to an hour and a half before they get cold and they both were already cold. But then we also have to look at the whole, the house was freezing. Mm-hmm. It was 69 degrees and that's pretty dang cold for winter time. Right. This case is a long one. It's 
honestly, there's a lot of confusing things because I feel like a lot of it just doesn't click Mm -hmm. or make sense because... There's so many loose ends. There's so many loose ends, yeah. And I'm hoping with it being reopened in June that it was reopened because... Not only because the community wants it solved, but because Mm -hmm. someone brought forth something new to the table that blows it open and maybe we'll get some resolution for it in the next few months. Yeah, I I hope so too because with Tiffany coming forward, maybe she gave more information that was useful. Maybe she gave out names. Maybe, I don't know. Why does she, like, it seems like she's just not very forthcoming or maybe it could have been something where she didn't think it was important at the time and then she says something and it, like, sparks a light in one of the officers' minds. They're like, wait a minute, what did you say? Like, yeah, that ties into this. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's what it is. And it wasn't, she's just not being forthcoming because she, her name is all over this case. Everybody knows who she is because of this case. Yeah. I think it could have even been she was scared. Absolutely. I mean, if what Anthony Watson was murdered right after he spoke about it. Exactly. And maybe it was a total coincidence and it was a total random thing. People get shot in Toledo all the time. Unfortunately. Yeah. So maybe it was that. Well, it makes me also question were these people not your ideal candidate to help? So did we just kind of push them under the rug because they were already living a, a harder life than the average? And so were we ignoring them? Certain, yeah, certain tips and things like that? Yeah, you know, like, I, I wonder that too. Did we not take Anthony Watson seriously because he already was in jail for, for burglary. burglary and already had this, this, or that, or, you know, whatever? I mean, at the end of the day... Coming from a very like critical standpoint, when someone is arrested and they have a rap sheet, the authenticity of some of the things they say is now already in question. If you're mm-hmm. a questionable character and your morals are not in line with like the community and just the normal views of most people, all of a sudden now you're going to be like, oh, well, mm, I don't know if I really trust this person. Yeah, which kind of sucks because Anthony Watson died after giving some good information. Yeah, that kind of like tied a lot of things together. Because Anthony was like, but what happened to Dro? We've never come into play with this Dro guy. Mm -hmm. That's something that I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on with that? Did we find who Dro was? Do we know who these other females were? Yeah, and nothing publicly has been said about them. And I'm wondering, do they even know who Dro is? Because street names are a lot harder to find out who the real person is. Yeah. Sometimes. So, yeah, I don't know. There's so many loose ends. There's so many... It's, what, now... Cliffhanger City. Ten years old. Yeah. And I know WTOL did a huge post on this recently, um, where I got a lot of my information from. And that's when they did the... They sat down with Sam Williams and asked him all these questions because... I'm thinking the guy who interviewed him thinks Sam Williams is innocent, um, which I'm literally like right on the middle line. Yeah, I am too. I I feel they needed a conviction because this is a terrible tragedy in the community. Yes. And you've got Lisa, who's coming from a very good family, mm-hmm. and she got tied up with a couple of people that may have not been the ideal person fathers and mothers want their daughters dating. Yes. And then all of a sudden... Oh, this guy kind of fits it. His DNA is there. Easy peasy. Let's lock him up. And that's really all we have for you guys. 
Thank you guys for sticking out this two-parter. I know it was a lot of information and we are so sorry to take so long to get all this information out to you. I'm sure you probably listened to this on your way to work, but we didn't want to overload you and then you get halfway through the episode because you don't want to finish it out. So that's why we did a two-parter. But I almost forgot to mention, and um, Jackie and I are so excited, but because we have Iron Bean as our sponsor, we wanted to do a little giveaway, and basically what you have to do is you need to go on Facebook or Instagram, or both, um, comment your favorite case that you think that would be interesting for us to cover. We want you to tag a friend or two, and then share the post to your story, and whoever does this we're gonna randomly select a winner so yes we will be posting the information for that this week and then so be on the lookout for that be on the lookout because you are not gonna want to pass up this coffee it is so good and we'll have a little extras with it yes 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 and did you mention the coffee cup we'll also give you a custom crime connections coffee cup I'm so excited I love my coffee cup and Jackie made them she's amazing so you're gonna love them too well, thank you. <laughs> all right, but all right, guys, can't wait to see your cases that you suggest and also our listeners in general. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Hopefully, you get your friends on board. Um, we keep seeing a steady increase of listeners. We just got a notification we had a thousand downloads, which is amazing. Amazing. So, that's why we wanted to do the giveaway. So, but, thank you so much for supporting us. I know we're brand new. Anyways, just thank you so much. Yes, thank you. We're, we're learning, we're loving it, and we appreciate your support. But thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Cute.